0: My message this morning is about how's your building looking, and uh, I just wanted to chat around it because I remember, you know, probably about three or four years ago when we started building in our Eastcombe property, and I know most of you have been out there, but it's a small building, so it's, it's a massive area, two and a half hectares um but right at the back of the prop on the right hand side is a very rocky kind of a, a outcrop you know and, and we loved it we thought well this is fantastic um and then when we started getting the place together to build and started to you know started to dig foundations and all this kind of stuff we realized how many how oh, how much rock was actually under this this beautiful green lawn that we had that uh, my dad had put together. And only when we started digging, we realized, yo, there were these massive big boulders underneath it. And and it was so important, though, because I remember when we we dropped the plans and we had to get the footing for the structure and that, that we had to get a special person, an engineer, to actually just draw, basically, what the footing, those that you know overhangers, what the footing would look like. So, basically, what size... The slab would be around each pillar that came down, and I remember I nearly had an architect because the civil engineer wanted to charge me ninety-three thousand rand to tell me the size of this footing that was under the structure. Obviously, we nearly quit the building project immediately, but God came through for us. So it was great. But why I'm sharing this message with you this morning is because I remember that as we dug, that in the row of these foundations that we were digging, and they had to be big, and they had to be wide, and they had to be deeper, because the feast going in it, and the clay and everything that's there. We hit these massive boulders. And uh, they were like right in the middle of the foundation. It's not like there's a rock. I mean, like there's a little, there's a baby mountain underneath the thing. You know, you can't even break the stuff. And I remember our boulder at the time, a pastor friend of mine, he just looked at the stuff and says, no, no, don't break away the rock. He says, just dig dig over it. And I, and I said, what do you mean dig over He says, let me tell you something. That rock is stronger than any foundation that you're going to throw here." And he says, so when you find this rock in the foundation, it's a little bit of a celebration because you know there, that rock is never going to break, it's never going to crack. And, and I've really been thinking about this lately, about you know, how we're building, in, especially in the season of, of, of where we find ourselves in the pandemic and, and you know all the craziness happening around us. I think a lot of us, not have it wobble, but a lot of us have revisited our lives. I think revisited the way we do stuff, and the way we are to each other, and the way we treat each other, and the way we do stuff. And I think we're probably doing a lot less now than we used to do before. And, and, and so things have changed, and, and a lot of us, we went through a phase, like I said before, where that when the first wave hit, you know, everyone needed Jesus. Uh, who, who, you remember, you know, when the first pandemic hit, I'm telling you something, you couldn't keep people away from Jesus at all, you know. Everyone needed to be saved because they literally going to die, and the second wave came, and the other people, you know, weren't that perturbed about Jesus anymore. And when the third wave, ah, oh, just one of those things. And so it's been a real challenge in the sense of what do we do with our lives right now? What do we do with what God is saying to us right now? And I've, I've ministered on the scripture 1 Corinthians 3 a few times, but this week as I've just been pondering on the scripture, just a couple of points that I want to bring out to you this morning and just to share with what God is saying in me or, or through me at the moment. But I just want to read and I'm going to read um, from verse 9 or let me read from verse 6. And this is Paul writing, and he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God is the one who gives the increase. Now, I want you to underline increase over there, all right, because I think at times we miss that. At times we miss the fact that it's only God that brings about the increase in our lives increase in, it doesn't matter what we're facing, it doesn't matter, Paul writes, and says, yes, that I've done this, and you know Apollos has done this, and, right, and all these things are great, but he says it doesn't matter in the sense what Apollos and myself have done. At the end of the day, it all comes down to God. We miss that. We miss that scripture because, you know, when we pray, or when we see God, or when we in crisis, we want to answer to our solution more than anything else. We want, to, we want to answer to what it is that we're facing. We want to answer to our finances. We want to answer to the problems in our marriage. We want to answer to the problems in our business. And, and so what we do is we tend to then try and work harder. And we try to do more. And, and so we read the Bible more. And, and we'll pray more because God in need is a God indeed. You know what I'm saying? You know, because there are times whenever, and I remember being at school, and most of you will know, that my best prayer life was before exam time. Because I didn't study. You know? But, but at the end of the day, Paul writes, he says, doesn't matter what you do. Get the first point in your head. This is it. You've got to get it. It is the increase only comes from God. And he carries on and he says this Now, you plants and you waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Listen to this for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. And I love the way Paul writes that because he says, Now, you're working with God, and, and yes, you represent God, and we represent Jesus and, and, the, and the church, and all these kinds of things. But he says that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we do, that you and I are the house of God. The place where the Holy Spirit of God dwells. Now, you know, I often ride around neighborhood when I go visit people and that kind of stuff. And I always say, Shankar, what amazes me is that it doesn't matter what suburb you go into, you can go into the Larny areas like Charlotte or, you know, like Lorraine, the poorer areas kind of thing. Now I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but, you know, you'll find absolute palaces and you'll find people that have maintained their homes and you've you found people that have just cut their lawn and that everything is great. And then in every neighborhood you get that house. You, you know, you just get that house that is just the grass hasn't been cut, it hasn't been painted. You actually can't convince yourself that people are living in it. You always get that house. And, and, I, and I, when I ever think about this, I think, you know, God, so often as church people, as, as believers, we miss it there because so often we can do all this great stuff. And we can, people can look at us and go, wow, Charlene, you know, what an amazing principal you are, what an amazing mom you are, what an amazing woman of God you are. But we also understand that just down the road, there's somebody that can destroy our testimony completely. And what we stand for, what we believe in. But he carries on and he says this, he says, um, um, you God's building. He says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, listen to this. He says, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So he, we've got to get this right, because Paul's speaking here about two things. There's, there's two separate things that he's speaking about. The first thing he's speaking about is the church. So he says, I have laid the foundation. This is Paul. I have laid the foundation. And you will build on that. And we all know the story, you know, when when when, uh, when when Jesus spoke and he says, and on this rock I will build my church. And so he said, Paul comes and he says, I've laid the foundation. I've put everything in order for you guys, everything in place. So when it comes to church life, and it comes to fellowship, and it comes to being a representative of God, he says, I've got those foundations laid. He says, you don't have to change that, you, what, the doctrinal issues and that kind of stuff. And I love this part. He says, he says for, um, sorry. But let each, take, sorry, let each take heed how he built. But listen to this verse. Let me say, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he, he splits these two. You need to get this this morning. Because the first time he's speaking about the church and the foundation that he's laid. But the second part of the script, he's speaking about you. And he's not speaking about unbelievers. Who remembers the song from Sunday school? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember, we all sang it. So Paul now is speaking about this, and he's saying, you've got to understand something. We always think, oh, well, you know, the people that build their house on sand, those are the unbelievers, you know, and those that build their house on rock, those are the good, solid Christian people. But that's not what he's speaking about. He's speaking to believers here. And he's saying to all believers, the baseline, the very foundation that, that anyone can build on is Jesus Christ. The cross, him crucified, resurrected, and alive. That is it. That is it. So it doesn't matter where you come from, what you're doing, that when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you just know that you get this, this, this welcome as a son and welcome into the kingdom of heaven, but your life's foundation gets laid for you. Amen. Now, I need you to get this, because so many of us are trying to lay our own foundations. So many are trying, well, well, this is the way things have to be done, and, and this is the way we read the Bible, and this is the way we do stuff. And he says, no, no, let's not get this wrong. He says the foundation is not the issue right now. The issue that you and I are facing right now is what do we do with the foundation that has been laid for us? And that's a big question. That's a real question because we're in a season right now where our buildings are being tested. Let me let me read on and, and we'll catch a little bit on that says. He says, For neither foundation, I'm gonna repeat, for neither foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now listen to this he says. Now if anybody builds on this foundation, which is the foundation of Jesus Christ, he says, with gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. He gives us options of what we build with. And he says, And each one's works will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's works of what sort it is. And if anyone's works which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? your spirit you the spirit of God dwells within you if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy and he asked this question which temple are you now now we all know the story of the three little pigs Sean did, I don't, did you go to school, you had to go to school eh? yeah so <laughs> we all learned the story of the three little pigs and the three little pigs are very simple very much of so what's happening here The story goes, that, as you don't know, that the first little piggy, I'm going to get this wrong, but the first little piggy decided to build his house out of straw, if I'm not. Mufro? Is that that? The straw. The word says he built his beautiful house out of straw and the wood and remember the wolf came and the wolf said I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down and he blew the house down the next little piggy built his house out of sticks and the wolf came and, laughed and puffed and blew the house down and we know the guy, the clever guy, built his house out of brick and the wolf huffed and he puffed and he couldn't blow the house down. It's very similar the analogy that God gives us. He says that when we come to Christ, the minute that I gave my life to Christ, it was 20, 25, 30 years ago, my foundation was laid. But the decision I had to make as a believer was this. With what will I be building? With what will I be building? See, it gives an option. And, and so, you know, in those days, it wouldn't have been gold, silver, and precious stones. It would have probably been asbestos, marble, you know, and rock, because that's what they built with those days. But he gives that example. But he says, you've got to understand something, that during whatever we build, there will come a time of testing and by fire in our lives. Three amens. It's a real thing. Because I don't think that anyone sitting in this room has said to me, well, Pastor Kurt, you know something, I've been serving God for 10 years, and praise God, it has been an absolute walk in the park. It has just been fantastic. You know, I asked him for a car, I've got a car. I wanted a house, I've got a house. I wanted a grandchild, I've got a grandchild. We know that often in our lives there's this season where the enemy comes, and he huffs, and he puffs, and he blows upon that which you believe has been built well. And often we get this rude awakening because all of a sudden we realize that we haven't built that well. We haven't built that solid and we haven't built with the right material. Now you've got to understand something. He says that that when the when testing comes, I love the way he says, is going to be tested by fire. As you've got to understand gold, silver, and precious stones, what happens is they become more purified during the furnace process. But we all know that hay, wooden stubble doesn't last very long in the fire. The amazing part about the scripture that he says is that even though that which you have built Gets destroyed, you and your foundation will not be destroyed. You know what Paul's saying there? Paul's saying this. There's going to be times in our lives where we have to rebuild. Ecclesiastes 3 says to us there's a season to everything under the sun. A season to pick up stones, a season to throw away stones, a season to be born, a season to die, a season to laugh, a season to cry, a season to mourn. We, we know that, that we go through seasons in our life. The problem is, is that whenever fire comes and it destroys a section of our building or it destroys what we're building, we start to fall apart and think it's God's condemnation upon our lives. We think it's God's angry with us, and He hates us, and no, this one died, and I don't understand why God did this, and you know, my husband doesn't love me anymore. The problem is that whenever fire comes, whenever hard times come, whenever difficult times come, and the house does burn, we tend to fall to pieces instead of understanding, no, but this is a good thing. Why? Romans 8, says that God works all things for the good of those who love and believe in Him and are called according to His purpose. And I've got to say this to you, what are we building? Because often what we build determines what the fire destroys. What do I mean by this? I mean by this is that I, Kurt Sutton, can build myself a lovely home. And I can build myself a lovely ministry. And I can build myself a fantastic business. I can build myself a fantastic family of, you know, believers and all these kinds of things. And I can do that, but when the fire of God comes, that which is of me will be destroyed. But that which is built according to Him will last. Now, we don't like that. We don't like the fact that God tests every now and again what it is that we build. You see, it's not God coming and saying, oh, well, I'm just going to destroy us." No. Life happens. Life happens. It's not God standing up there with a, with a lightning bolt, with a gray beard on a cloud, zapping you every five minutes you step. That's not what it's about. You see, this is where we miss it, because whenever we go through a hard time, somewhere along the line, we believe that God has forsaken us. Somewhere along the line, we think that God is just punishing us right now. You know, I remember many years ago, how oh, many years ago, Sean, 14 years ago, I broke my leg and my arm in a little motorbike fall. Because he was behind me, he couldn't catch me, you know. So, <laughs> but I remember, I remember people coming to my house, and the first thing they say to me was, good, we're going to pray for healing. But we first got to find out, what is the sin in your life? You know, what is God trying to teach you in this thing? I'm like, I've got a broken leg in an my arm, I don't know if God's going to do this kind of thing, you know, I don't think he dislikes me that much. But people have that mindset. They have this mindset that God wants to punish you, and if you make a mistake, well, He's going to punish you more. And this is what Paul's speaking about. He says we build the stuff, and then we mess up, and then the, the bathroom gets burned down. And he's saying, "Oh, the bathroom! God hates me!" Like, no, actually, the bathroom wasn't built right. It wasn't built right. And this is what Paul starts to write. He says, "Guys, be so wary that in your life." that we all have a choice how we build with what we build and on what we build. and, and I want to sh- I'm sharing this message this morning because I think even for myself at times I become despondent in what's happening in the world around us. you know I can become despondent in, in in people passing away and, and I get tired of bearing people and tired of praying you know and people and prayers just I feel like my prayers don't get answered who knows we all know. We go through this stuff, you know, and it's a challenge. But you know what the thing is that, that I've realized in the last few weeks that it's not about quitting, it's about just digging deeper than before. It's about getting more into love with God, getting more to know Him and what it is that He wants And yes, there are times, and I want to say this to you, that I am so thankful that the fire of God did destroy what I was building. Because what I was really building was not of Him. It really was about me. How would I benefit from this? How would I look good from this? You know, I need this car. I need this house. I need to live in the suburb. I need to have so many members in my church. I need to have another building. Come on, let's think about it. That so many of our prayers are more selfish than anything else. Very seldom do we pray, Father, may your will be established in my life. May you and what it is that you have for me be the very thing that manifests in my life but we don't. Because if we think we're okay, the world's okay. And if we think we're okay, then we think this is okay. But, but this has got nothing to do with this. And in the last month or two, I've, I've really had to sit down and say, good, what does this building look like? What is, what is it that you're building? And, and for who are you building? You see, right at the end of this passage, Paul asks this incredible question. And I've spoken so many times, but he asks this question. He says, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. All right? He says, for the temple of God is holy. And he ends off this passage with this question, which temple are you? Now listen to this. He doesn't say, what temple are you building? He says, what temple are you? Basically, saying to you, so in God's kingdom, what is it that you represent? What is it that you represent? Do people see Christ, the hope of glory in your life? Do people see victory in your life? Do people see joy and, and, and happiness in your life? Or do people just see the miserable person that just walks around and is just grumpy and, you know, having a bad day and the world hates me and Jesus hates me and everything's falling to pieces and I'm just gonna eat worms and die kind of a thing. And we do, we go through these moments in our lives where we have these, these, these emotional breakdowns. But we also have those moments in life where just everything starts to come together slowly but surely. That slowly but surely that every time the hardship comes and every time the trials come and every time the fires fall, a little less of what we're building gets destroyed. You know, it's like it's like we, we we're in a place right now where if the fire comes, you know, the only thing that got burnt this time was the outside toilet. You know, but the rest of the house we've been building solid. And I think as a church this morning. As a group of believers, as people that love Jesus, we really got to get to a place to understand that God is so proud of us, that he really loves each and every one of us so much, that he gave his life that you and I could live in abundance. The word actually says exceedingly abundantly, more than you and I can ever imagine. But you know what the problem is in our lives? Stinking thinking stinking thinking Why is it somewhere on the line that we are able to trust the worldly system more than we're able to trust God at times? That when the poor boy hits the fan How difficult is at times to first run to the bank or to, or to this person or to that person and instead of just running to God say God What do I do in this situation? You know God my marriage is going through a tough time. We need counseling. No, no, you don't need counseling you need to go and see God with all of your heart. Because I don't always have the answer. I'm a human being, flesh and blood, like you. But I promise you, I know a man that has the answer and his name is Jesus. And I know it's been a challenging season, and I know it's been tough, and I know we worried, have uh, worried some stuff and had all our stuff. But man, I want to say to you, I got to just rejoice in the fact that I'm here, that I'm alive, that tomorrow morning when I wake up, guess what, I get to do this all over again, I get another chance, and and I'm mentioning that not to be blessed, I'm mentioning that because so many of you sitting here are still hanging to mistakes of the past. It's like you just can't move into the fullness of God because of what happened in the past, or what someone did to you, or what someone said to you, or you know, the things that you've done that you haven't confessed yet, or whatever it is. It's a real challenge. And it's almost like remember who remember that program that you're gonna give away your age now? Remember Sacred Cascanada? Yeah. Okay, Sacred Amy, my niece is like, Your mom will explain it to you. Sacred Kaskunada had this huge canvas on it that would wet it with soap and they'd have this elastic here and you'd have to take a ball from you and you'd have to run but the thing is you know the the the, the, the 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 what do you call it the rubber thing was just too short so you would get to a certain place and if you didn't push forward this thing would just like pull you all the way back out. sometimes I feel like we're in that. It's like we run a step forward and as soon as tough things get a little bit tough, a little bit challenging, a little, little bit more effort that we have to put in. It's almost like we give up and we just like, whoosh. and all of a sudden we have to stop. And you and I know, you and I know that we do this. You and I, know, we, whenever we get to this place, I think to myself, how did I get here again? How did I get here? You know, it's like finances. One minute we are 100% with finances, and then six months later, like we can't pay bills, like, how did we get here? And must I tell you what the problem is, me personally, what I think it is, is that so often when the going is good, when the going is good, we forget about what we're building with when the going is really great and the marriage is good and our kids are behaving and the business is doing well, we forget what we... and all of a sudden we just start to build like nonchalant, you know, just like... I know with, with our building project, you know, we, we we build every month as we get a couple of pennies. I haven't got five million to build, you know? So so every brick counts, you know what I mean? If the brick's broken, like, okay, use half of it. We, so we'll It's a real thing. It's a real thing to us because I, we're building so meticulously, because we, we can't afford to waste, we can't afford to waste, and it's just not in the church building, it's in our lives, we've got to start to build so meticulously, you know why? Because I don't want to be where I was six months ago, actually don't want to be where I was three weeks ago, I want to trust God to do the impossible in my life. And when I speak about building on gold and silver and precious stones, you know, the Word of God speaks about build with things of value, things of substance. Get the Word of God into your life. You know, pray more than you've ever prayed before. Fellowship with one another. Pray for one another. Get involved in the things of God. Because let me tell you something, that there's one thing that when you find yourself in the presence of God, there's one place the enemy is not allowed. There's one place the enemy cannot enter, and that's into the presence of God. He cannot come into the throne room of God, and when you going to find yourself in the throne room of God? Guess what? That's where he's not going to find you, where he catches you outside of the presence of God. Remember the Word of God says that he goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. This is the fire that Paul speaks about. This is the fire that comes and tries to destroy us, and you've got to hold on to this stuff. You've got to hold on to the promises of God in your life. Remember He said it, that even if the fire comes and it burns to the ground, remember God says, the Paul says, you'll be fine. You will be fine. How many of you are petrified of starting all over again, hey? I said to Shania the other day, my baby, I'm going to have to die before you. I said, because I can't see myself dating again. (laughs) I I look at the world around me, I'm terrified of starting over again. You know, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. (laughs) Joke you, my baby, I'm not calling you a devil. (laughs) But there's this real fear in our lives of starting over again. And I want to say this to you. I'm to say this to you starting over is always not a bad thing starting over is not always the end of the world sometimes it's the biggest blessing in your life yes it takes more effort yes it takes more work yes you've fallen yes you've broken yes you've hurt people yes whatever whatever but I tell you something I have rebuilt and I've restarted so many times in my life but every time and please this is not praising myself but every time that I've had to rebuild I've rebuilt a little better and a little stronger and the more the fire comes the tougher I get I mean I've even got a fireman suit now you know what I'm saying I'm ready for when this fire comes I'm ready for it got my helmet and everything and that only comes through the Word of God. It only comes through what it is that God wants to do in our lives. Dear Valt, if you guys can come up. I'm going to close. I'm not going to close. We're going have Communion now. But amazingly, this morning, I, I went onto my Bible app and uh, the scripture for today, ironically, was about building. Am I right, Brandon? Because I think we're the same app. And it says this, and this is Psalm 127, we all know, and it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand to watch in vain. I want to say to you this morning, I don't know what you're going through, but I need to say to you it's going to be okay. If you need to restart building, go for it. If the toilet is burnt down, that's fine. Let's clear the rubble. Let's start all over again. If the lounge burn down, I don't know. We're going to do this thing. We're in an exciting season in our lives right now. We're in an exciting season in what God is doing. And I know there's all this chaos around us and no people dying and that kind of stuff. But we've got to stand firm right now. We've got to stand firm in the things of God and what God wants to do in and through our lives this morning.